Hi there and welcome. You're listening to Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. My name is Avantika and I'm a researcher exploring animal consciousness, environmental sustainability, and planetary health. I want to help bring animal perspectives to the table and transform our relationship with the natural world. And I'm Barbara. I'm an animal communicator and retired veterinarian. My true passion is exploring the hearts and souls of animals and helping people come to a much deeper understanding of who the animals truly are at their core. This podcast is for anyone who loves animals and nature and has an interest in their own personal and spiritual development. We'll bring you powerful conversations with fascinating people about animal and nature sentience, consciousness, and communication. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey of love, respect, understanding, and care for the fellow beings who share our beautiful Mother Earth with us. Hello and welcome to Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. This is episode number one. My name is Avantika. And I'm Barbara. Welcome to our show. We're happy to have you with us. Yes, we truly are so excited to have you here today. If you've stumbled upon our show, we hope that you're someone who feels a strong connection to animals and the environment and to nature. Maybe you've always felt very connected, or maybe it's something new that you're developing and exploring. Perhaps you're someone who works closely with animals in some capacity, or you're someone who just really cares about them and has a really deep bond with them. Well, wherever you come from and however you feel about animals, we want to welcome you. And we hope that you'll walk away with some food for thought, maybe with your awareness slightly expanded, or maybe with just some new interests and intriguing ideas that you can think about and apply in your own life. Barbara and I, and many others out there, really believe that animals have the capacity to think, to feel, to have consciousness, and to even communicate with us. And I'm not just talking about communicating through body language or through sounds that they make or through other obvious ways of communicating that we all know about. I'm talking here about a very soul-to-soul connection that can happen between animals and humans through which we can actually communicate and exchange information. So we'll talk more about that later in this episode, and we'll definitely get really deep into that in later episodes, but what's really important to stress here is the fact that they are conscious beings, that they have thoughts, they have emotions, they have intelligence, and when we are able to tap into all of that information and understand it, we can be absolutely amazed by what we can learn about them and from them. And so on that note, I would love to properly introduce you to my co-host, Dr. Barbara Shore. Uh, Barbara is a retired veterinarian who has worked with animals in many different capacities. And I really mean that she has had so many different roles and interesting jobs in the past. She's traveled a lot and she really has a wealth of information about animals. And she really relates to them emotionally, mentally, psychologically, and spiritually. And in fact, about 30 years ago, she realized that she had the incredible ability to even communicate with them. 
exchange thoughts with them and learn from them. So Barbara, can you tell us how all this happened? Maybe you can walk us through your journey a little bit. Sure. Thanks, Avantika. Well, like many of us, I've always loved animals. And I graduated with a biology degree from University of Colorado. And from there, I did behavior research or ethology, which is the study of behavior and and wildlife. I did behavior research with wolves and coyotes in Indiana, of all places. And uh, I spent about a year there learning about these animals and falling in love with them. And after that, I became a dog trainer for a few years, and that was fascinating too, but it led me to vet school, and I became a veterinarian. I knew that there was more that I wanted to do with animals than be a trainer or study them, so I went to vet school. And in vet school, my passion for wildlife continued. And I did some really interesting things during my time in school where I took care of raptors or birds of prey. I volunteered with the Colorado Division of Wildlife. I worked at the Denver Zoo for several years and also worked with dogs, cats, horses, and birds and everything else. Wow. It sounds like you did so much during your time in vet school, Barbara. Um, And so where did you go after that? Where did life take you after you finished vet school? After I graduated from vet school, which was Colorado State University, I went into private practice and I worked in a few uh, private practices, which was great. But then I was accepted into a residency program at University of California, Davis. And it was quite a wonderful, prestigious program headed by Dr. Murray Fowler, who was considered the father of zoo medicine at that time. And I was the sole resident in a a large ward where we treated many kinds of animals. The program was called Residency in in Non-Domestic Animal Medicine. And we treated all kinds of animals from, from birds to snakes to rabbits. And then we treated larger animals and zoo animals. We treated, we were the veterinarians for the Sacramento Zoo and Mickey Grove Zoo in California. And we treated many animals that had been injured, wildlife, as well as domestic companion animals. And it was quite a a huge, huge learning experience. From there, I went to the California Department of Fish and Game, now called Department of Fish and Wildlife, where I did a deer project, where I had a big truck and I would drive the mountain roads of Northern California looking for roadkill deer. These are deer that had been hit in the road. And it was a research project to determine the condition of the deer herds because um, you can look at the fat on different tissues and determine what kind of condition those animals were in when they died. And after a couple years of doing this, it was springtime. And in the springtime, the deer, of course, had their little babies. And 
I would be driving the roads and find a mother deer with her two babies by her side in the road, killed in the road. And I just broke into tears. I, what I realized many years later is that these deer, spiritually anyway, emotionally, were my teachers. And they were helping me wake up to my own sensitivity, my own gentleness. For so many years going through veterinary school and then the residency and working with wildlife, I had shut my emotional self down. I had to be this tough little macho character to do what I had to do. And it was suppressing a really important, sweet part of myself that I wasn't even aware of. And so after that, things changed for me and it opened me up to my own emotional healing, to my spiritual evolution, to a whole new world. And after I came back from uh, this residency, I spent a year in Africa working with wildlife in Africa. And I did a, a study with Cape Buffalo. I did a study with African wild dogs, or they're also called Cape hunting dogs or painted wolves. And that truly was the best year of my life. It was just magical. But I wanted to be kind of normal again. So I came back to Colorado and went into a veterinary practice. And I worked there for a while until I decided I had to leave. So I left. It's so interesting that you describe coming back and kind of, and kind of want, having this desire to do something a bit normal. That's that's interesting. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like that process of coming back into veterinary practice and knowing that it just didn't feel right for you. You know, what was, what, what were your feelings and emotions at that time and help, you know, motivating you to leave vet practice? As I said, the deer had helped me to find my sensitivity. And when I was in veterinary practice, I could feel the emotions of the animals and, and the people, and, and it was taxing at times. At the same time, I realized there's so much more to the animals than I had been taught to believe. So I wanted to find out what that was about. I wanted to know about the root cause of disease, what really makes animals tick? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What is the underlying cause of some of these things that we consider diseases that may just be symptomatic of something much deeper? And so I left veterinary practice and I went into holistic or integrative or functional now veterinary medicine, learning about herbs and homeopathy and energy medicine and all that. And during that time, I went to a meeting in Hawaii, which was the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. And that meeting really changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. And I'm sure with your years and years of experience, even before that conference, this would have just, um, you know, really enhanced your understanding of animals. And I'm so curious to know what happened at that conference. Like, how did that kind of catapult you into animal communication and where did life go after that point? Well, I went to a workshop there 
And there was an animal communicator that spoke for about two hours, and she did a couple demonstrations with a bird and a dog. And I was just totally intrigued. And I thought, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to talk to the animals. And so I read books, and I studied with a few teachers and all of that. But what happened is that in those days, about 30 years ago, people used to teach that animals communicated through images. But that didn't work for me. I'm not someone who sees a lot. So I thought it wasn't happening for me, but I continued working. And finally, I realized that I had already been communicating with animals for years. I had swum with dolphins and... Um, I, I started talking to them telepathically, but I didn't realize that that was animal communication. I didn't know there was such a thing. For me, the dolphins were simply my spiritual teachers. And I would sit down and write down what I heard. It was kind of like automatic writing. And that's how I communicated. And so I realized that that's my way of communicating is through my writing. Later, I learned how to verbalize what I was hearing as well. And I started working with individuals and their companion animals, helping them with behavior problems or uh, health issues, especially when their animals were dying or about to transition. And I did quite a bit of speaking at different venues, and I taught workshops. And then you went on to write a book. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, about a dozen years ago or so, I wrote a book called Soul of the Wild, Intimate Messages from the Hearts and Souls of Elephants and Whales. And the elephants and whales became my true teachers. So this book is information from those animals, but it's more than that, at least to me, it's uh, their spiritual teachings. And they, they really did teach me a lot. But now... I am updating that book, a new version, and instead of a book about elephants and whales, I'm making a series of books. The first will be elephants and then whales and and other species from there. And this is material that I had in the first book, but also new material that's come in that, that I'm quite excited about. I can't, I can't wait to read that, Barbara. I, um, I read Barbara's book, Soul of the Wild, earlier this year, and it was so transformative for me because I read it and so much of it made sense to me. I realized that growing up, Barbara, like my understanding of elephants and whales, and for that, for that matter, most animals and living beings was so limited. And reading your book really made me realize that our way of understanding things is actually so limiting and we don't really even have a clue about the depth of wisdom that they have to share with us and the kinds of things that you talked about in there were you know things that I've gone on to share with other people I've read excerpts of your books to other people um, so I'm, I'm really excited in our later episodes we'll get into your book and dive deep into some of the messages that the whales and the elephants have for us Barbara and I could talk for hours about what the animals have to share. And that's really why we started this podcast. Right, Barbara? Like we can, we can, we have so much to share and so much to dive into. We just can't wait to get into it with you guys. We've been talking, talking, talking for well over a year, maybe two. 
and it's been really fun. So what about you, Avantika? How did you get into all of this? Yeah, my journey has been um, has been really interesting. Growing up, I actually had very little exposure to animals in nature. I lived in a I lived a very urban life, so I spent most of my life in Toronto, in Canada, and I spent a few years in India when I was younger as well. And in both places, I've lived a very urban life, very kind of far removed from animals and from the natural world. And we actually had no animals in the family, no family members, relatives, even friends, family friends that had even companion animals at home. So my exposure was really limited. Um, and then about two to three years ago, I randomly heard a podcast and this woman was being interviewed. She explained how she could communicate with elephants. And she could have conversations with elephants. You know, just hearing that story, something in my mind really shifted because I realized, well, why why is that not possible? You know, that's what went through my mind. Elephants and, and other animals have shared this planet with us. Um, some of them have been around for even longer than human beings have been. So if we think that humans have this level of consciousness and ability to communicate why couldn't the animals? And if someone is telling me that they can actually exchange information with them, then that requires some further investigation. So that, you know, just hearing that kind of threw me into a rabbit hole. The more I learned and the more that I read about it, my awareness expanded exponentially. That's how it felt. And life really took a turn after that because I felt like I was never the same person again. It was kind of like I was, I'd gone past a point of no return. So I was just suddenly think, seeing things very differently now. And honestly, most of all, it really made me come alive because I all of a sudden had this feeling of wonder and fascination and, and to be honest, a lot of respect as well for the natural world. And yeah, that was, that's a little bit about how I got started. Very interesting. And um, it seems the elephants brought us together after yeah, all. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> yeah. but, but what got you interested in animals in the first place if you came from such a background where animals weren't even part of your life experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I was actually scared of dogs for most of my life. Um, I, I had a traumatic experience once when I was a kid um, in India. There was a wild pack of dogs that, you know, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I got chased by them and it was so frightening as a child. And that kind of completely put me in this bubble and really made me fear um, animals and fear dogs. And then everything changed when I met my husband. <laughs> and he told me really early on when we were dating that, I'm an avid animal lover and we are going to have multiple dogs one day and that's non-negotiable. And I, I was open to it. I was like, okay, I have a long way to go because I have no understanding. I'm scared. I'm going to need a lot of support getting there. But he was patient with me. And then one day, um, a little dog entered our lives. Um, his name is Simba. He needed a home and, you know, the time had come for me to kind of jump in and and say yes and move forward. And so that's what happened. Simba came home with us and life was never the same. You know, I remember looking out the window with this little puppy. We were sitting side by side 
And I just, I could feel, you know, in my whole body, I could feel this whole new dimension to myself that I'd never experienced before. It was honestly like this, like my heart, a part of my heart just, you know, became unlocked and opened up for me to explore. And I think Simba really primed me for everything that was about to happen and, and that was about to come. How beautiful. You know, I had a very different childhood. I always had dogs in the house. We had four schnauzers and we had a pit bull and, you know, they were my family. So it's really, it's really interesting how we, how we learn these things and what we come to. So, so then when you fell in love with Simba, what happened after that? How did you get involved with animal communication? Yeah, I mean, really what happened was, you know, in my world where I was paying attention to global health and public health and thinking about, you know, improving people's health and their quality of life, learning about animal communication and consciousness just kind of expanded that scope exponentially. You know, it opened up a whole new layer of understanding for me in how we're all connected, how we're all interdependent. And, you know, with my background in research, I just dove right in and learned everything I could. Um, I started realizing how interconnected humans and animals are, how interdependent we are, and really how much we can learn from each other, how much we rely on each other. So that's where my journey led me. And I started thinking about the impact of human activity, not just on human health, but also for all life on on the earth and thinking about how did that happen? Why did we get there? How did we get there? And really like what needs to change now in this transformation, this, this disruptive period that we're going through right now, what kind of transformation needs to take place, not just in terms of laws and policies, but in terms of our ways of thinking, in terms of our perspectives, in terms of our consciousness and the ways that we, you know, look at life and look at our impact on each other. And that's really why I was interested in starting this podcast so that it can be a space where we can talk about all of these things and, and peel the layers and really dig into these conversations and, and better understand all of these concepts. So those are my motivations. But Barbara, tell me, like, what are your reasons and motivations for getting started with this podcast? Well, I've worked on my own for so many years as an animal communicator. Because coming from a scientific medical background, academic background, a lot of the people that I associated with, um, and still, even so, a lot of the people in these fields, even those that work on a daily basis with animals, think that animal communication is hocus pocus. It's not real. They just didn't believe it. And for a long time, I didn't talk about it much. I just was afraid of being ostracized, you know. Um, but now I, I, I want to be with like-minded people. I want to help others know that they're not alone when they have these deep connections with the animals and that there's really some substance to it. Um, the way Avantika and I met was she was working with a professor who's studying animal communication, which is astounding to me and fabulous. And I feel that this, this professor and her crew are going to give validity to this whole, this whole thing of animal communication, which is pretty extraordinary. 
Um, and I want to let people know that, that there are others that are open to these things and, and create community and hear from people who have been working with animals in many, and, and nature and the earth in many different capacities for a long time so that we can educate people about what's possible. And that brings me to the title of our podcast, Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm, because this is truly a new way of thinking and believing about animals, about ourselves, about nature, about the earth, and what's possible and what's already happening. So I believe that the planet is now in a crisis situation you know, that everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I also believe that the only thing that will save life as we know it is a shift in consciousness. And I've learned over many years that the animals want to work with us to make this shift, make this transformation, but we must work together. And the animals are so open and willing to working with us on this. And the start, is to respect all beings as wise, sentient, conscious, and loving. So that's why I'm that's why I'm so excited about this podcast. I think we can bring this information to a lot of people in a very sweet and um, and non-judgmental way. Is there anything you want to add, Avantika? Sure. Yeah, Barbara, I just wanted to add that when I look around and I have conversations with people and I just observe what's going on around me, I feel like there's this way of thinking that's really deeply rooted in our human psyche, which really places us humans at the top of this um, chain, at the top of this hierarchy of spiritual involvement or intelligence or intellect. And we really see ourselves as being the front runners and Humans are really good at going into different environments, going into different different situations and finding solutions to problems. Of course, we do the research and we try to understand the problem, but you know, we've spent many, many years going in and taking action and doing things that we felt were right. But what if there's a better way to do it? You know, what if there's a way that we can actually collaborate and listen to what it is that the planet needs, what it is that the other living beings we share this earth with actually need from us and not just go in assuming that we have all the answers because to be honest we don't we we know like you said we are in a crisis situation and we need to do a lot of things very differently in order to create a better future for so i really hope that through the conversations we have in this podcast we can explore those topics for ourselves and our listeners can also contemplate some of those things along with us as we start to ask questions and explore these things that maybe have not really been talked about before so barbara can you tell people what they might expect to hear on our podcast sure we want to expose people to a way of looking at the world with new eyes and seeing the true unity of all life, how we are all intimately connected, and give people a sense of the deep love and wisdoms the animals want to want to share with us. At the soul level, which is a lot of where I work, especially when I'm writing these books about, about the elephants and whales and other species, I'm just constantly in awe at the level of their wisdom their insight, 
and how, like you said, Avantika, how unconditionally loving they really are. They, you know, they, they've been in, on this journey with us for a long time and they know what humans are doing to the earth. And yet they still love us. They still support us and they want to be with us as long as they're treated fairly. So on this podcast, we want to give you some practical ideas about how you as an individual can take some kind of action on behalf of the animals and the planet. And we're going to have interviews with many different people, really fabulous people who work with animals and nature in a variety of ways and have a whole lot of experience and beautiful insights and perspectives to share with us. Mm -hmm. Some of the topics you might hear about on our podcast might include death and transitioning and how animals view these topics, soul contracts and soul connections, indigenous wisdom and ways of knowing, and ways that animals and people can live together and learn from one another. And we'll also be sharing some tips and some ways that you can communicate on your own and connect more deeply with animals and nature. So if you go over to www.animalsanduspodcast.com, there's a subscribe section there. And if you put in your email address, then we'll be able to send you notifications and updates and let you know when you, new episodes get released. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under the handle Animals and Us Podcast. And there we'll be sharing things more frequently. Uh, we'll be giving sneak peeks of who's going to be on our podcast and sharing some little audio snippets there. So definitely check that out and follow us there. And if you're interested in seeing more about Barbara's work, be sure to go over to her website at www.barbarashore.com. That's S-H-O-R. And there you'll see all these beautiful pictures and you'll read all about her history and all the amazing work that she's done in the past. Thank you, Vantika, and thank you all of you for joining us. We're really excited to be sharing this with you. And we hope you enjoy the episodes we have in store for you. We have some wonderful people lined up for our interviews. And our intention really is to expand this conversation beyond uh, those that we're having, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people. Barbara and I are always doing that. And we really wanted to take this opportunity to share these conversations with all of you. And even though it's a podcast and you're hearing from us one way, we would also love to hear from you. So if something resonates with you or you have a story to share or you know someone who's doing something that you feel is worth sharing, please tell us. And this is really meant to be a community of like-minded, like-hearted people. And uh, so we welcome you into that community. Thank you so much for being here. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And before we go, I'm going to pass it over to Barbara to lead us into a short blessing for the animals. We'd like to end this podcast by taking just a moment to be quiet. And we give thanks and blessings to these amazing animals that we share our lives with. They give us so much and ask for so little in return. We hope that you can keep the animals and all living beings in your heart and in your mind as you go about your day. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Ooh.